Hi, this is Kim Davis, Editor-in-Chief of DMN, welcoming you to another episode of Spotlight on Selligent Marketing Cloud. In a previous episode, we spoke with Selligent CMO Nick Worth about marketing to the entitled consumer and about how much consumers rightfully demand of brands these days and started to get some idea of how brands can respond to that demand. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by April Mullen, who's Director of Consumer First Marketing Adoption at Selligent. Hi, April. Hi. How are you, Kim? Very good. I'm really interested to hear what you're going to be talking about today because it's a concept I haven't come across a lot, but as soon as I say it, just the name of it makes sense, and that's auditing yourself and your marketing. Because if you're going to start to uh, attract and retain these very demanding consumers, it does sound like you really need to know uh, what you're doing already uh, and figure out any advantages or disadvantages in your approach. So how did this idea of auditing your marketing, how did that come about? Yeah, so we started an operating philosophy um, probably about two years ago where we decided that um, this is kind of where the beginnings of Nick's book, The Entitled Consumer, came from. But as a result of the consumer being entitled, um, we wanted to create an operating philosophy for marketers that would kind of flip the way we do marketing on its head a little bit to meet the needs of those entitled consumers. And so that's where consumer-first marketing came from. But consumer-first marketing, what, what it actually is, is instead of a company promoting their product or service first, they actually start with what a consumer needs and then delivering that via the proper channel and the proper message. And so because that's a different way of doing marketing than we've typically done, we thought we need to provide an assessment to our clients to be able to help them plot where they are on the consumer-first marketing maturity curve. I think it's, it's fascinating because we hear all the time today about customer centricity, putting the customer first, responding to the customer, but it seems to me you're actually putting some structure and, and some well-defined concepts behind what can often be buzzwords. Would that be right? That, that is absolutely correct. And, and actually, when we first came out with the idea of consumer-first marketing, we had some examples. We actually found we had a lot more bad examples than good examples. Mm -hmm. And we didn't like leading with the negative, saying this is what you shouldn't be doing. We wanted to say this is what you should be doing. But to do that and to really start to drive that change in the industry, we decided to create this assessment, which looks at companies. Um, it looks at several different areas. So we've broken out our assessment into five categories of questions. Um, the first category is around the company strategy. Um, you know, at the, at the strategic level, at the CXO level, um, you know, how is their business structured to be able to meet the needs of consumers? Then we look at knowledge, which is their data on the consumers. We look at the experience they provide consumers. So that's the third category. Then we actually have a small section that's really about the channel execution, which is called engagement. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, measurement. What are they measuring and what can they learn from the measurements to then come back and, and deliver on even more optimized experiences? That makes a lot of sense. And I, I know in the early days of this, you, you created a kind of structure for auditing your email marketing program in particular. And I thought we could yes. start with a look at that and then broaden it out to, to the whole of the operation. Sure. So I did some research and I saw you were talking about acquisition, template, integration, and privacy. So maybe we could take those one by one. We'll get some feel for the granular level of what you're, you're suggesting people do. 
Sure. So for email in particular, yeah, acquisition is obviously important. The, the challenge that a lot of brands have with email is that you can't really send anything until you have a database. It's like that's the gas that makes it go. Um, it's very inexpensive as a channel, but you have to have quality acquisition to be able to have a program. Um, so, so that category was all around assessing that very critical point for email um, to help you know, drive the acquisitions there. And the next one was template? Yes, and then templates, that, that helps you have a reusable process. So what I found, I used to be a practitioner years ago on the brand side. And what I have found, so I have sensitivity to our clients on, on kind of the realities of their day-to-day. -day. And so what we look for is for clients to have repeatable processes. So rather than building emails from the ground up every single time they have to deploy a campaign or set up an automation, to try to reuse and templatize, if you will, um, how they move forward um, to gain efficiencies, because that's really where we start to see email payoff when when consumers can, or when clients can focus on the optimization aspects instead of being stuck in the weeds on template building and coding emails from the ground up and building new processes. That makes sense. And then we come to integration. What does that mean in this context? So again, back to uh, data is the, the gas that makes email go. Um, you have to integrate email into your central data strategy for your consumer. So we spend a lot of time doing data audits with our, our clients and making sure that we're tying in as many um, data points as possible into the system so that we can have a full 360 degree view of the customer so that we can deploy our communications effectively and at the right time. And finally, I guess it goes without saying, there's respecting privacy. That's important as well, isn't it? Of course, and actually that's a topic that we're really passionate about um, and we continue to um, focus on pri data privacy um, in a major way. And so, yes, privacy is very important. So, and it's not just about following the regulations. We actually take the perspective of being even more above board from where the regulation line stands. Um, we think that all marketing should be permission-based and, and should clearly convey to the consumer when they give an exchange of information that they're going to get value out of it and to tell them up front what value they can expect and then to live up to that promise right from the very beginning and then continue that throughout the relationship. So that, that's a very clear description of important points to audit in your email marketing program. Now, when it comes to broadening it to the entirety of what you're doing in terms of relationship marketing, are you taking the same or similar principles or does it vary depending on what channel you're talking about? So I came from email roots on the brand side. I am a very passionate advocate of email sticking around. Email isn't dying. It's actually, uh, it's the only universal app out there. Uh, if you think about when you buy a smartphone, um, what's preloaded on the phone? Not Facebook, not Instagram, <laughs> not yeah. Twitter. It's an email app. You'd simply have to log in and all of your communications come in. And so, um, I am, I am uh, very passionate about email and would like to uh, see brands put it at the center of their relationship marketing strategy. I think everything kind of jumps off from the email point. So even let's say you have SMS, push, even display retargeting and, and social retargeting, 
it can all start with email because email was the, the first digital channel to, to leverage first party data. We're starting to see other channels start to use it a little bit, um, but the email marketer is the mastermind behind managing customer relationships and orchestrating first party data. So I always say start with email and if you get that right, I think you can get the other channels right as well. Um, especially if they're leveraging first-party data as part of their strategy. Because while acknowledging the importance of email, its continued centrality, I guess we also have to recognize that today, especially, you have to meet the entitled consumer in whatever channel they would prefer you to meet them in. So you, you're going to have to take a broader view, aren't you? Exactly. Definitely have to take a broader view um, because consumers aren't channels, right? Consumers <laughs> right. can be engaging with your brand across different channels. Um, and so, you know, the approach, we, we actually do less email assessments than we used to, and we really focus more on our um, consumer-first marketing assessment, which really spans across those relationship marketing channels. And, you know, obviously, if a, if a client has a question about how to do email specifically, we're always here to help with that. But we really try to look at the full consumer experience and, and, make that the best we can and, and optimize that as fully as we can. So let's talk about that a little bit more in great detail, what it actually means to have a relationship marketing program assessed. And I know before we hit record, you were talking about having a calculator to help with this, which I, I'm very intrigued oh. by. So t tell me more about what it means in practice. Sure. So we actually have, we actually have a mini assessment on our website. If you'd like to look at a sample of it, it's not a full assessment like our clients have, but it's at Selligent.com slash marketing audit. Um, so we invite anyone to, to come and see that. Um, but, but basically what this calculator does is it asks a series of questions across those categories I mentioned earlier, strategy, knowledge, experience, engagement, and measurement. And within each category, we are, we are, so we score overall for our, our clients, but then we also score within categories. So it's very clear. And we even score within a category so that a customer of our, a client of ours that sees these results knows exactly where they need to focus. And I think that's why I really like our assessment. It's not, you should be doing this or you should be doing that in a generic sense. It's, hey, we worked on this assessment together and the score gave this output and these are the opportunity areas where we should focus. Because I think what a lot of um, clients, the clients do, they tend to um, be overwhelmed with just all of the, there's so much marketing knowledge and noise coming at us and innovations. And it's really difficult to know what you should prioritize. And so we developed this assessment very specifically to focus on the consumer across various categories that the brand can control, and then to give them a focus so that we can prioritize it, give them a score, and the output of it, it's, it's not just a score, there's actually an output that leads to a roadmap. So uh, an assessment is fine, <laughs> I mean, it's great to know where you are, but so what, what does that actually mean? What are you gonna do with it? So we then create a roadmap with our clients that we collaborate on and we move it forward. And then we come back a year later and we say, how did we do, did we move forward? And what we've discovered with our clients that have gone through this assessment, um, they've had about a 20% increase up the curve. So just simply by Selligent Marketing Cloud, as well as the client having a collaborative eye on the ball to move these initiatives forward, 
we're seeing a lot of success with it. And it's, it's coming back in terms of the increase in the assessment, but also increases in conversion and engagement and all the great metrics that we like to see as marketers that make our CMOs happy. Well, you, you anticipated what was going to be my next question because <laughs> I, I thought at first, not having uh, yet clicked on the link, and we will publish the link along with the podcast so people can check it out, but I was wondering whether it was going to be a kind of a self-service questionnaire where at the end of it, you get a result and you can see you're doing well or you're doing badly. But it now sounds to me like a much more uh, collaborative process whereby Sullivan's in a, essentially will handhold and will guide the client, will respond and will, as you suggest, surface a kind of roadmap of places where you can improve or you should prioritize trying to improve. And it sounds like a much more collaborative thing altogether. It really is. And, and the, the URL, the Sullivan.com slash marketing audit is a self-assessment. So that one is, you know, it's, it's designed to be fairly quick and to give you a quick output of recommendations. Um, but for our clients, we do a deeper engagement where we're, you know, we are collaborating. There's a relationship there and, and we can together impact change uh, to a brand's program. Okay, got it. And I'm just wondering if there are any, I know you can't always call out clients' names, but are there any client stories you can tell me of, of successes with this process? Yeah, so I can't name the brand, but there is a uh, very well-known pizza chain, I will say. <laughs> uh, um, and we were working with them in Germany, and they had mentioned, uh, you know, we're just selling pizzas. Why do we need to be sophisticated? And we came back and we said, well, you're not just selling pizzas. You're actually, you know, getting dinner on the table for busy parents who have, you know, their children are hungry and the parents have had a long day or you're feeding, you know, a party of friends that are gathered at your home or like these variety of scenarios. And so we came back to them with some recommendations, kind of spotlighting that it's not really about the pizza in the end. It's about satisfying the need with the pizza. And they were really excited. They had a, you know, kind of a complete change in the, the way they were thinking about it um, and, you know, caused them to update um, their, their profile center on their website and to build in more convenience added features to their website and their mobile app. Um, and then the relationship expanded to other countries after that as well, because that team was having so much success. Um, they shared the information with other countries. So we're kind of uh, expanding the relationship um, to be much bigger than it used to be because we've helped, we helped that first uh, team in Germany um, achieve a lot of success. And now other people in the company are, are wanting to know what's going on. We want to do that too. So it's been really uh, fulfilling to see that. That's a great example because without wishing to uh, denigrate pizza, it's basically a fairly simple product. I know there are many elaborations, but it just shows how important this, it is to surround it with an experience and with a relationship to your customers if you want them to keep thinking of your pizza when they get hungry. Exactly, exactly. And did you make it easy for them to get the pizza? Friction-free, absolutely. Friction-free, that's right. Well, April, thank you so much for joining us, taking us through this. As I said, there'll be the link so people can explore it further themselves. But uh, I really appreciate your input. Thank you so much, Kim. It was great being here. And everyone, please look out for and join us for the next Spotlight on Selligent Marketing Cloud.